Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show on this Monday afternoon. We are live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. We'll talk to Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury here in about 40-ish minutes, Wolf. But that doesn't mean we don't have some time to talk Phoenix Suns basketball. And DeAndre Ayton playing out of his mind both games really over the weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday. You know, Actually, it's we always say this. It's not all about the numbers with DA. And, it, yeah. and it's, it's the same here. It was if you watched him play, you're like, okay, well, he's changing this game tonight. But they are the first two games this season where he's actually led the team in scoring. So the numbers kind of added up to what he did. And and I will say this, too. We were talking to Kevin Ray about this earlier, and I was, I was kind of doing the math on it. Because there was a stretch for the first 10 games where he, DeAndre Ayton, reached double digits and rebounds twice in the first 10 games. And I remember telling you, like, I've come to peace with DeAndre Ayton being who he is. But yeah. We can't see a step back in rebounds. We yeah. can't see that. <laughs> uh, in his last, what are we now, last seven games, he's got six double-doubles. And his two games over the weekend, 28-12 and 12 against the Pistons, 29-21 and 21 against the Jazz. Oh, you're, you're laughing as you say that. Why are you laughing 21 so? 29-21 is, is absurd. It's just so awesome to see DeAndre Ayton. This coming after the game in which Pat Bev, of course, bum-rushed him, knocked him right in the back, clipped him. I, I mean, honestly, it wasn't a shove. To call that a shove is ridiculous. No, that was ran. not a shove. Yeah, he ran. He ran into him and put his shoulder right into his back. It was an illegal block in the back. And knocked him to the ground. Um, did that have anything to do with it? Did, did, did that have anything to do with it? Because the combination of that, the embarrassment of that, and then listening to D.A. after that game, talk about it. Not not in a, a uh, melancholy kind of way. Not melancholy, D.A., but laughing about it, man. This is, you know, I... It, like, I wonder if somebody got in his face and said, really? Really? This is the way you're going to act after somebody? Really? This is what you're going to do? We're talking about competition out here in between the white lines. We're not talking about any grudges outside of that, Basin audience. No way. You walk outside of those lines, you love people. You respect people. And you treat them better than yourself. That's the best thing you can do as a man. It's awesome. Thank you, Lord God, for allowing me to do that. I know what that feels like, to walk in those lines and say, hey, you know what? The, the object of this game, the game of football, is to drive somebody into the ground. <laughs> And do it intentionally. What a wonderful thing that was. The primal side and being able to tap into that. And then walk outside of it, of course, and love people. Listen, I wonder if somebody said anything to him about that. And suddenly there was a transformation three days later in the two games that he's played since Pat Beth gunned him in the back. I wonder if somebody said something to him. I, I'm first of all upset I didn't even make that connection until you brought it up earlier that they've only played these two games since the whole Pat Bev incident. And I don't know if somebody went up to him and was like, hey, get it together, or if, honestly, I kind of think he probably was just getting teased so much by it. Even I, the way he talked about it the other night where he was like, yeah, I got pushed down and my leg flew up in the air. And I was know. like, yeah, it was, he was so. It just seemed like affable. the last two games he came out like, you know what? I don't have to take this. I'm bigger than everybody on the courts. I'm just wondering if that had any impact on him whatsoever. Once again, it was three days. Three days he had to sit in that. What he did. And I'm just wondering, was it Monty? 
Was it James? Was it Devin? Was, was it CP3? Yes. Was that the answer? I, I don't know, but um, man, he looks so different. No, he was he assertive. With force. He was yeah, playing with force. Playing with force. He was assertive. He was decisive. He was. He had that sort of like I'm not going to be denied. Like I'm, this ball's going in the hoop. I'm getting this rebound. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It starts with Da with the rebounds and the physicality. Here's Devin Booker talking about that physicality. No, that's what we need out of a man. He, you know, he's bringing it, and you know, not even about the twenty-nine and twenty. It's just the physicality. Um, you know, I think he real is going to realize that that that's what comes with it. Um, and you know, it's tough on teams when he's getting those second second chance opportunities and getting the and ones and making free throws at the same time. So, you know, stellar performance, back to back nights for him, and you know, we're going to keep it going. Yeah, that is awesome right there. You know, we're going to keep it going. Uh, I think, honestly, this could be an epiphany. (laughs) You know me. Here I am. I'm hoping. I'm hoping this happens. I gave up after, after the Pat Bev jamming of the back and listening to D.A. and what D.A. said after. Well, we, we said it on the show on Wednesday. I did. Every different thing that could happen to kind of poke and prod D.A. to be a different player had happened except the Pat Bev thing. Except the Pat you Bev know, Playing thing. for a new contract, playing in the NBA Finals, all, all these different things. Is it is really going to be Patrick Beverly that pushes D.A. to it? Can you imagine awesome. that right there? How awesome <laughs> that would be if Pat Bev becomes part of D.A.'s story. Good. Where he finally got it. He finally said, wait a minute. He understood what people were talking about. You just got gunned in the back by a point guard. Knocked you to the ground. And you waited till people were around him to jump off the ground like you were all put out. Um, you know, honestly, are you faking it here or are you really competing out here? I just wonder if somebody challenged him with that very thing right there. And it, it looked like to me that D.A. got it. That last shot by Devin Booker, of course, in the Utah Jazz you game that went off. Yeah. Suddenly, boom, you saw him go up and grab that board. You saw Devin Booker run over to him and hug him. And as he was, it was his teammates were around him. The look on D.A.'s face, he was pondering, man. I thought it was so weird. He was pondering. He wasn't looking at any one player in individually. He wasn't speaking to any. He was listening, and he was just thinking. <laughs> you could see it on his face. And those stats I just read you are, are the story of a guy who can turn it on and just be better than most of the guys on the court when he does it. I'm just wondering if he thought to himself, oh, wait a minute. Is this what Monty was talking about? Well, here, about? this is what he said. This is what D.A. said after the game, talking about being the main guy who has to be ready to play. Like I said, I'm the main guy who has to... I have to be ready to play every night. I cannot be that guy who's who's easing into games. For this team, I have to be that energizer, that dude who who making them plays, who's on the glass, who's dunking the ball, who's getting the crowd in it, setting the hard screens, setting the tone of the physicality, moving people out the way. I'm the tone setter. And when I do that, my team follows. And everything falls into play, and we play Suns basketball the right way. Oh. That's all I can say. Oh. Let's just, let's 
we don't have to mince words here, Wolf. If D.A. plays like that consistently, I don't expect it every single night, but if he plays the way he just played the last two games consistently and this team gets Cam Johnson and Chris Paul back, yeah. who are you picking against them in a seven-game series? Man, seriously. I, uh, I, maybe Milwaukee. May, like Mil, There's a couple teams that could beat them, sure, but I don't know that I would pick against them if you're going to tell me that's how D.A. is going to play. I know it's only two games, but that's why his teammates are reacting the way they are because they're like, you're the key, buddy. I, have you ever heard DeAndre Ayton speak in those terms with such clarity? No, but we're calling him the tone setter every time he has a good game. The though. tone setter. No, yeah. I'm just saying I I don't think I've ever heard him speak so eloquently and clearly on this very subject, this topic that we've all been waiting for for a long time. To hear him actually say it with certitude, I... I I wonder if he's had an epiphany. Wherever you come out on the DA thing, if you've been frustrated with him, if you still believe he's going to turn that corner, either way, the reality is if he does turn that corner, this team is the team to beat. Just when I thought I was out. <laughs> he sucks me back in. Look, aren't, aren't you? It's, it's only two games, but aren't you kind of interested to see what he does tonight? Now One's a point, two's a trend. Three's a pattern, and we need patterns. All right, we come back. uh, Back to football. What was Gambo's biggest takeaway from that Cardinals loss to the Chargers yesterday? We're going to talk to him next with some big red crosstalk. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Burns and Gambo, Big Red Monday, crosstalk. All right, it is time to uh, bring somebody else in to talk about this game for a little bit. Wolf, Cardinals lose to the Chargers by one point yesterday on a two-point conversion. And joining us right now for some Big Red Crosstalk, the host of Burns and Gambo, which, of course, you can hear from 2 to 6 every weekday. Gambo's joining us right now. Gambo, what's going on, man? What's going on, boys? Uh, Not a whole lot, trying Johnny. To, trying to process what happened at the end of that game yesterday. Where, where do you start in terms of where that was lost? The three straight three and outs. I mean... Yeah. You know, you, you get a couple of first downs. You, they they probably win the game. They tack on a, a field goal. They win the game. It's just, it, it, you know, they had played, to me, I thought they played well offensively. You know, between Hop and Hollywood Brown, the running game with James Conner. I, you know, I thought offensively they played pretty well. I still expect this team to score more than 24 points with this offense. Um, but when you have three straight three and outs and your defense is gassed and are on the field a whole lot, and that, that's where the game was lost. Johnny, what does four and eight mean going forward for this team? Oh, listen, you still play to win games. You still fight. You play hard. I mean, the players aren't thinking about draft picks. They're not thinking about what the Cardinals are going to do with a top ten pick. Uh, management, they've got to think that way. They've, you know, they I'm glad that they didn't give up a first round pick to go get a player. A lot of people wanted them at the deadline to make a move and give up a draft pick, kind of like what the Rams have done over the years and the 49ers this year. Uh, they didn't do that. I'm kind of glad that they 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 resisted that temptation. To to do anything with a draft pick for a player. Um, but at 4-8, and eight, I mean, you got Buddha said it. You just got to go out there. You got to play hard. I mean, you, this is your job. doesn't matter. As, as, as long as there's a game to be played, you got to work hard. You got to play hard. You got to try to win the football game. But 4-8, and eight, I mean, it's your record is who you are. I mean, this is not a very good football team. What did you think of the uh, the defensive performance? Because you mentioned all the three and outs. They kept putting them in position. They kept putting the offense in position to do something, and they just couldn't in the fourth quarter. I mean, I like the pass rush. Um, it was nice to see, you know, that they got a little pressure. They got some sacks. Uh, they got that done. Um, so defensively, I, 
I think they were fine. The, the play that just irks me the most is the third and seven to Eckler for 10 yards because you got a chance to make a play there and, and uh, third and seven, right? It's not third and two. Um, and they gave that up and that prolonged the drive and then they ended up scoring the touchdown. The two point conversion was a Zach Ertz play. It's what they used in Philly a whole lot. And, they, you know, they, they thought they'd get the tight end in, in space and they did. Uh, Isaiah Simmons looked a little lost on that play. Um, you know, not knowing what to get, but, you know, Everett kind of busted to the outside, broke it back in, and was wide open for the two-point conversion. I don't blame them for going for it. The Cardinals' defense was kind of spent, and, you know, they've got a lot of injuries to the Chargers, so I'm not surprised they went for it. But I thought overall, um, you know, I was pretty happy with the pass rush that they had, and there were some plays made defensively by Marco Wilson. It's just that, you know, when you needed to make a play at the end of the game, they weren't able to do it. You know, it's amazing about it. Yeah, I know. That actually, I, I still, I relive that over and over and over again. 11 plays in their last four possessions for 16 yards, John. That was it right there. And this after they played as well as I've seen them play for three quarters right there. And on that note, what did you think of D Hop and Hollywood Brown in that combination? Yeah, I think that, you know, I think that they were good. I think they could be great. Um, but I think Hop only had, what, four catches in the game? So, I mean, I think you could use those guys even more because uh, I do think that they're both very capable of being one of the better duos in the NFL. But I think yesterday's game plan was very – like the Chargers had come into that game, four straight games where they had really not stopped the run. So the game plan needed to be to run the football. It had to be. It, it needed to be James Conner and run the football, wear them out, wear them down. Um, so I'm not upset that, like, okay, they only had the 10 catches between them. I think that they will have better games than that. But because the Chargers had been so poor – against the run, uh, the game plan needed to be run heavy. It, it needed to be. They, you you want to wear them out. You want to run them down. So I'm not upset with the game plan. I think going forward, those guys will have even better games than what they had yesterday. Gamba, I'm pretty sure we're all on the same page here that the biggest thing now going forward this season is, is evolving Kyler Murray and getting him uh, rolling. What did you see yesterday in that regard? I mean, I saw some good, some bad. I mean, I'm still waiting for that. When was the last time Kyler had a great game? Like, oh my God, Kyler, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's been a long time, guys. It's been a year. It's been over a year since you had that game where you walked in. I'm like, oh my goodness, the Cardinals have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. This kid's dynamic. Look, I mean, the touchdown run, he was actually, it was like a 16 yard run. He was actually back at the 16 yard line. He's still capable of, you know, doing these incredible things. Um, and McBride dropped some balls on him, and there were some other drops on him. So I think he was good, but I, I, I think that he just needs to be great for the money they're paying him and what they want. I, it's been a long time since we've come in after a football game and just we're, we're head over heels about how great of a player Kyla Murray is. I mean, he's been good. He's been bad. He's been a little bit better than average. But I, I, it's been a long time since I've come in and said, oh, my God, Kyla Murray's great. What do you think the focal point needs to be for the Cardinals over the last five games? Cameron Thomas, Majai Sanders, the young players. you got to develop those young players, especially those pass rushers. I mean, we've seen glimpses of those guys being good. Um, you know, Zabin Collins, Isaiah Simmons, the younger players. I mean, McBride, McBride, I mean, he caught a couple of drops yesterday, but he was your first pick in his draft. He's got to play, and he's got to play a lot. Um, so I, I think, you know, in the offseason, the emphasis will be on the line. Guys, these, these games these games are won and lost. And, 
in the trenches. And um, Wolf, I know you know that. I'm sure you've talked about that a whole lot. So they've got to get they've got to get better offensive linemen. They've got to get better defensive linemen. But for the next few games, I mean, it's got to be about just con- continuing to develop the the younger players and give them the opportunity so so they could really excel next season. Gambo, that fourth down play in the first half is the one that everybody points to. What did, what did you think of the decision to go for it there? And then Kyler's answer afterwards was kind of strange as to why they ended up throwing it downfield. I mean, you've had a lot of success running the football against them, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I don't, I don't get the pass. I mean, you've, they haven't really been able to stop you running the football. So when you get to that spot, I'm, ex, you know, I'm expecting to, to run. Now, Kyler had a, uh, you know, like something he complained about, like the schemes, right? He wasn't happy with the scheme on that, and. I said it wasn't even supposed to go to Hop. I mean, you, you could say, okay, you can't fault somebody for going to DeAndre Hopkins, but in that situation right there, I think that you've got to, you know, you've got to, you got to run the football because you've had a lot of success at it. Or you could have punted it as well. <laughs> I'm just saying. You were deep in your own zone, yeah. I, yeah, it just you why not punt it away? That that was sure. that was the thing I was thinking right there. But once again, um, it's just a difficult situation to see this the way that it's transpiring right now. Where, where is the next step for this offense? How do you see this offense growing, if at all? I've had, I mean, they've been devastated by the injuries on the offensive line, and I think that really hampers everything that they want to do. Yep. I mean, you know, um, look, guys, they, they they would have taken they would have taken that center Linderbaum. They would have taken him if they didn't have to trade for Hollywood Brown. And then this whole Rodney Hudson disaster. That's been a bit of a disaster. The Rodney Hudson situation yeah. was, uh, and they just were ill prepared to replace him. And then you got to go get Billy Price, who has been bad. Billy Price has not been good, but Justin Pugh being out. I mean, he's he's a heart and soul guy. That hurts. And a DJ being out, and I mean, you've, you're just devastated on the offensive line. I, you know, Robbie Anderson had one catch yesterday. I hate that you gave up two draft picks for this guy now because you're not using him a whole lot. Um, I, I mean, I just, you, you, you know, James Conner signed, what, a three-year deal? So, like, he's not going anywhere. you got to continue to you got to continue to try to get this right. I think for, you know these these next few games, if they're not firing Cliff right now, I mean, he, you know, Cliff's got to do something to show this organization that he's worthy of keeping his job as as the head coach because this has been a really disappointing year after making to the playoffs last year. People were were expecting the Cardinals to get back to the playoffs and maybe even win a playoff game, and now they're going to finish with a top ten draft pick. Yeah, Gambo, uh, we appreciate it, man. We'll be listening at two o'clock. Okay, boys, take care. Thanks, Thanks buddy. That's Gambo right there joining us for some big red cross talk. I, I was I was. Going going to ask and we can talk about this next segment because it's not a fair question to ask with 10 seconds left in the segment but what changes can you realistically make now going forward with this team um you know whether it's the, these final five games of this season in the off season going into next year wh- you know whatever that's that's great if you're going to end up with a top 10 pick and that's fantastic you, you better not miss on the pick but that's not what this season was supposed to be about uh, at all so either way it's it's disappointment there's there's no way to spin it where it's not disappointing text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620 620 right now. We just kind of talked about it there with Gambo. The biggest thing for the rest of the season, it was already this way going into yesterday. What can you get out of Kyler Murray? Can you get him back to the point where he looks like he has top five, top six in quarterback in the NFL potential? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. 
right, welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. We'll talk to Cliff Kingsbury here in about 10 minutes. He will join us for his weekly exclusive sit-down, as he does after every Cardinals game. Uh, there was that tweet over the weekend, Wolf, the, from Ian Rappaport that said, uh, the Cardinals-QB coach relationship has been tense, but my understanding is Kyler Murray and Coach Cliff Kingsbury spent the last two weeks talking through everything, planning how things will look, and focusing on communication. A blessing in disguise is how a source called it. So Okay. Um, All right, then. You know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put that in the positive category. That's what I'm going to say. I think, I think what you have to do with that is start to put it in the negative and then put it in the positive category. <laughs> why, why would you say that? Well, because the first part of that tweet's not great. They, they were working on their relationship. Once again, it's a constant thing. It's a very flexible thing in the National Football League. Your relationship with your coach, it goes up and it goes down. It's not always steady. Many times it is dotted with outbreaks and jaw-to-jaw scream sessions. <laughs> I mean, this happens, and I understand it. Now, what's interesting about this dynamic, when we're talking about Cliff, of course, as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and Arizona Kyle, Sports, Kyler Murray, breaking news. All right, All right guys, this isn't good. Um, so this is from Tyler Drake's Twitter account, our own Tyler Drake. DJ Humphreys' back is done for the season per Arizona head, Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. So DJ Humphreys out for the season with a back injury. All right. Well, the hits just keep coming, don't they? Thanks, uh, thanks, Rick. <laughs> Rick's tone of voice told you that wasn't a good breaking news. More good news. Yeah, all right. Obviously, so that's the entire offensive line except Kelvin Beecham? Um, you got to be kidding Beach me. Beach has to get yeah. some sort of award for being the only offensive lineman that's like been able to play this season. Yeah, you know, when you're 4-8, and eight, uh, it's not like you're going to the playoffs. So you're 4-8, and eight, of course. Uh, this might be the wise thing to do to shut it down. The, la- the last thing you want is for your franchise left tackle to have any issues going into next season, obviously, it's a back. And anytime you get a back, it's yeah. a bit of a dicey proposition. This is not a good thing. This is not a good it's thing not a good all. thing. Probably not a surprise, though, because what? You're on IR, so that was going to be at least four games anyway. He missed the one yesterday, so he was going to miss at least the next three anyway. And like you just said, it, it, what are you going to be? Best case, seven and eight. You're yeah. not going to rush him back at that point. Here's the one thing I do want to say, because I am always looking for the bright spot of this. Um, Josh Jones has anyone noticed, Josh Jones has played um, pretty well over at the left tackle spot. It is, A, you're right. B, it's it's this weird thing where if we came in here today, it was like, oh, the Cardinals got blown out by the Chargers because their offensive line is all banged up and all these guys are hurt and these are all backups and they couldn't block. Then it would be like, all right, that's, that's not great, but at least it made some sense. The offensive line played pretty good. That's why it's it's like it's it's I guess that's good, but it's also more frustrating. The yeah. offensive line wasn't the reason they lost yesterday. The offensive line gave up one sack at the end of the game. Now it was a big sack, but like you would expect the offensive line to struggle a little bit. And like you said, like Josh Jones steps in. Kelvin Beecham's been playing pretty well. They're not like the best offensive line in football, but that's yeah. not why they're losing these games right now. Yeah, and what makes it even more maddening is just the fact that you hit Justin Herbert 13 times. I know. They hit him 13 Kyler times. Kyler got hit once officially. He got yes. hit one time. One time. Uh, you, I'm with you on the offensive line again. And for you to run for 181 yards where 
where James Conner actually had 120 of those yards rushing on 25 carries. That was really, really encouraging right there. But this news about DJ Humphreys is not, it's not good. I mean, anytime you're talking about a back, yeah, shut him down. Okay, I get that. And hopefully um, there'll be no issues going forward with this. But I just don't like it for a left tackle and a back. Um, that's kind of like a running back in a knee. You know what I mean? It, it has really, it, it truly has been nonstop. I think one of the callers said this when we had the listeners only meeting earlier. It, it's just been nonstop since all the way back. We're talking back to February, Wolf, with the Kyler contract stuff, which, okay, that doesn't have to be a big deal. It ultimately got sorted out, but it has been since February where it just feels like everything is an uphill climb for this team. And now here we are, and it's November 28th. Okay, you can't talk about playoffs anymore. Four of your five starting offensive linemen are on IR, and I mean... Do you think we're going to see? We're not going to see DJ Humphreys again this year. Justin Pewitt has sounded like for a month is done for the year. Yeah, I, I don't expect to see Rodney Hudson again this I, year. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, are you kidding me? Um, just going into the off season, and it's way too early to start talking about this. But um, I think, and John was talking about this. Gamble, of course, was saying the offensive line needs to be a priority going forward, and I think there's no doubt about that going into the off season. But I would say right now with five games to go and this is something we can talk to Cliff about but the focal point of these five games for me um, I know a lot of people will say you know what uh, a winning record and that's great and I understand that for me it's Kyler Murray yeah. getting Kyler Murray in this offense humming over a three, four game span, getting them humming um, and looking as lethal as we all thought that it was going to be. Yeah, if they go three and two over the next five games, that's not getting you in the playoffs and that's not helping you for next year. Like, I would still prefer that, but you're right. It's it's evolving Kyler Murray back into is. a potential top 10, top five quarterback. Right now, that feels like it's a ways away. When we come back, what changes need to be made following the Cardinals' loss yesterday? We're going to ask their head coach. Cliff Kingsbury will join us next. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Your home for everything Cardinals. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. In the red zone with Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Presented by Earnhardt Hyundai and Ford dealers. No bowl since 1951. Right, we're back out here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. Joined now by Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, coach, thanks for the time as always. Let's uh, let's just start with the game yesterday. Uh, we've been talking all day about it, as you would imagine. Where in your mind did things go wrong in that one? I thought late offensively had the ball, you know, three times, went three and out three times in a row, which you can't do um, against a quarterback like that, offense like that. Needed to put some drives together, take some clock off, score some points, um, and weren't able to do it. And uh, unfortunately, they got it back and, and found a way to uh, get it done. Where would you say, Cliff, this game ranks in terms of your discipline? What was the most disappointing part of this game, other than the loss? I would say that. I would say um, defense making those stands um, there in the fourth quarter, getting us the ball back, and us not being able to to put it away. Um, needed a big drive there, and weren't able to to, to get that done. And, and uh, you got to tip your hat. They played good defensively in those those um, stops, and then offensively they were able to make plays and go down the score. What's the uh, the team mentality? Four and eight's obviously not where anybody expected to be. You still have five games left this season. How do you make sure everybody is, is still locked in here? 
Yeah, we have a great locker room, and, and they're all, um, you know, in it for the long haul. They understand that. The great group of guys, they're all pros and uh, have shown up each and every week, regardless of who's playing, who's out, injuries, all those things, and um, worked really hard, and, and I don't expect that to change. Professionally speaking, Cliff, what is your plan for the bye week with your coaching staff? Yeah, we'll do some uh, self you know, scout breakdown type stuff mm-hmm. and then kind of see where we're at for these last five personnel wise, um, how we can uh, improve in certain areas and, and then uh, take a few days and then come back and get ready for that Monday night game. Will it all be personnel or will there be some scheme involved as well? Will the any of that? Will you reconsider everything, I guess? Yeah, I wouldn't say reconsider everything, but yeah, how do we maximize the personnel we have? You know, um, whether it's guys that are out with injury, young guys that are playing, uh, how can we put them in the best position to be successful these last five and, and try to play at a high level these last five. I guess along those lines, sounds like DJ Humphreys not coming back this year. Yeah, yeah, that that's uh, unfortunate. You know, he, he was having such a great year and, um, you know, the back just kept flaring up and so we're going to go ahead and uh, IR him. You know, you guys have been unfortunately decimated with so many injuries here. Has there been a guy that's been given the opportunity to play that has caught your eye? Uh, yeah, I would say some of those guys up front, um, Josh Jones being one of them, really been impressed by him. He's a guy who, you know, there was some frustration. Uh, I'd say last year, just knowing DJ was there, Kevin Beecham was playing at a high level, and he wanted his chance to show what he could do. And um, he's really stepped up when, when asked to, to go in there at left tackle and, and played at a, a high level. And I think that's been good for his confidence, and it's exciting for, for us moving forward. Talking to Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, coach Ian Rappaport had that story yesterday about you and Kyler mending your relationship. Where where would you say you guys are? Yeah, it's good. I thought you know he, he um, came back from from being out and uh, really executed at a high level for most of the game. I, I thought his timing was good. Thought he was efficient in his operation. And um, unfortunately, like I said, we weren't able to close that thing out. But but I liked the way he played and I liked his demeanor throughout the game. How did the changes that you had to make to your coaching staff impact the game, Cliff? Yeah, it, it's never easy when you do a midseason like that. I mean, guys have to take on different roles, and, and uh, the entire offensive staff kind of was all hands on deck to, to get that that done. And um, guys were working in different rooms and coaching different positions. But I thought you know the plan was good. I thought our guys executed it, um, particularly in the run game, uh, well early, and, and got James going. How about the offensive line overall, Cliff? How did they grade up? Well, not great because you don't give great. Do you get my point? Yeah, no. I think you know it's a group that uh, whatever we've had twelve different you know starting lineups or however many has been, and, and a bunch of guys coming in and out. And uh, I thought they battled. Thought they played really hard, and we knew we needed to run the football early against that team, and, and uh, came out and executed. And, and that's all you can ask. You finally got to have Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins on the field together for the first time all season. Um, what were your early returns on that? Yeah, it's it's a good combination. You'd like to have a couple of those other weapons out there as well with them. Um, but I think Hollywood, with his speed, can really take the top off. I thought he, he was open on a few things where he's really running. Um, that, that's going to be good for the for the future moving forward. And then Hop always does his thing. If the ball's close to him, he makes a play. So I think they really complement each other well. So the three of them back together right there, Kyler, of course, Hop, and then Hollywood Brown, your evaluation of that overall, and can you grow that? You definitely can. And like I said, I think there were some plays that, that we left out on the field. Um, but those those three guys, uh, as they go 
um, the next few weeks, I think we'll build a, a good rapport and, and make some big plays. Why did you run the ball as often as you did? Is that because they were playing a lot of that two shell? They were, and uh, it's it's a group who had some injuries up front, and, and we knew that was an area we had to attack early and um, try to establish a run game and, and build some things off of it. Is there, you know, now with these five games left and even looking big picture, you guys have improved each year up until this year. Are there changes that can be made? Do you think there are changes that need to be made, big picture? Um, you know, I, I think it's it's at a point where we have to see how we respond after this break. We get some of those bodies back and, and um, just try to improve over the next five weeks and see what this team can, can really be. We don't think we've played our best football yet, obviously, and we want to see what that looks like moving forward, and uh, I think then we'll evaluate everything from there. So these personnel changes as well that you may be considering right now, might we see some faces that have not really had a predominant role prior to this point? Uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, like I said, we're going to take some time, evaluate everything over this uh, this week as coaches, personnel, and how do we maximize um, who we have that, that is still healthy and, and ready to roll and uh, see where it goes from there. You guys, I mean, and counting the players, really haven't used injuries as an excuse this season. And I'm not saying that they are, but you just said it right there in terms of evaluating what you even have. Has that been tough this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you like to... You know, um, keep those guys healthy, uh, but it, it just wasn't. You know, that's part of this league. It wasn't um, the way it was going to be this year. And, and whoever goes in has to be able to play at a high level. And you got to be able to uh, maximize who they are as a player and, and put them in positions to be successful and find ways to win games. That's that's the story of this league and the attrition you face. But um, we'll continue to try and do that these last five weeks. Well, coach, we appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the bye. Good luck against the Patriots. In a appreciate weeks. it, fellas. Thanks, Thanks a lot. That's Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury joining us right there as he does each and every week following the Cardinals game. They have the bye week coming up, and then they'll have Monday Night Football at home against the Patriots two weeks from today on December 12th. Well, it's already December. We're already talking about December. Man, Not already it December. It's still Right, December, exactly. Thank you for basically that. You were ready to freak me out. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> you got a couple no. days. Okay, thank you. Don't do that Jedi mind trick right there. Boy, tough situation. Um, obviously, for the Arizona Cardinals right now, going forward, how do you frame, how do you frame up these next five games um, I thought it was interesting that Cliff actually did bring up personnel and having some personnel conversations. I think you have to. You have to be real. You're four and eight on the season. Of course, the playoffs are all but evaporated for you. Um, maybe, maybe you still have a percentage point. I don't know. Have you checked that? Luke? I, I, I don't even big, know where you found the six percent. I know last you're week. a big numbers guy. No, of course, I, I don't need and, the numbers on this one. Um, yet at the same time, you have to wonder what they're going to do. What does this mean going forward? I, I think of D.J. Humphreys, unfortunately, being put on IR. He's done for the year. Um, does that mean Josh Jones is going to get this opportunity to finish? Yes, is the answer to that. And I thought it was interesting that Cliff pointed to Josh Jones yeah, this was as the, first the one guy, guy that is actually actually taking advantage of the opportunity with all the injuries the Cardinals have had to go out and play. It's the only reason I brought up the injury question there at the end is if you're looking at this team big picture and you're saying, okay, stuff's got to change, obviously. You can't, what are they, 5-13 and 13 in their last 18 games? So what can you change? The only reason I brought up the injuries is because it sort of clouds 
what you have, right? Like, if, for me, if I'm going to make some huge change in my life, I want all the information, yeah. right? And I don't know that they have all the information because these guys have been hurt all year. They really have not had the same lineup out there ever. They have not had the lineup they envisioned at the start of the year. Now, again, not an excuse. Baltimore hasn't had their lineup for most of the season yeah. in the first place in their division. But going forward, when you're trying to decide, okay, this guy needs to go, this guy needs to stay, this needs to change... It's going to be a lot more challenging at this point. Maybe that's not even his job. Maybe that's a question for Steve Kime, honestly. Yeah. No, I just want to know, honestly, what they're going to do in terms of saying, hey, these next five games, these next five games, I I know they're being played this year, but are they really about next year? Especially you the bye week I mean? before them. It feels like an island. The yeah. bye week before it, it just kind of feels like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. Hey, listen, you know, they, they could rip five off in a row and have a winning season. Uh, okay. I I don't think that's how I'm going to frame it up if I'm Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. I'm a big believer in the head coach framing it up for his team. This is what we're going to do. And for me right now, it's kind of coming off the bye, an opportunity of saying, we're going to find out who wants to be here next year and who does not want to be here. Yeah, next year. I mean, you you basically you could do that. You could you could say this is almost auditions for who wants to have oh, a job with this team next year. Yeah, it's something's got to change. Obviously, now a year ago, a lot of these guys were here and they started ten and two, but something's got to change because it's not a year ago anymore. Obviously, and um, you know, I found it interesting. The first thing he said, Wolf, was exactly what you and I both said and what Gambo said when he joined us. That game yesterday was. Pretty Pretty clearly decided by those three three and outs at the end of the game. There's not even a debate. That's just basically what that uh, what that all played out as. All right. Well, thanks to him for joining us, and uh, let's see. Thanks to Aaron Maloney for putting everything together out here. Thanks to Jesse Morrison and Lauren Koval back at the studios for Wolf. I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.